Hello, welcome to Speak Sex. I'm Eve Eurydice. I have a wonderful guest today. Martina is a gorgeous, young, glamorous Italian woman. Right. <laughs> more, um, more. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's brilliant. She's creative. She's a mother. She's a wife. She's very liberated, and she is not a feminist. <laughs> and we're just talking about that. That's not really how it works usually. But so um, I want to talk about that first before we go into speaking sex. I want to right. talk about the difference between being liberated um, and not believing in feminism the way it presents itself these days. It's not a very fluffing topic, but right. Um, no, we were just, you know, my point is that I've never felt the need of looking for liberation. I've never felt constricted, although I certainly was. I come from a very traditional family. Mm, everybody has been married to one another since forever, and my uncles, and my to my aunts, my mom to my dad, my grandparents to my grandma, my grandfathers to my grandmothers, and uh, so it was never very, mm, very challenging or you know or uh, the the idea of a marriage in a traditional way. They had been. Uh, struggling with that and they will always help themselves if you know what I mean you know the men and the women uh, the same in the same ways but uh, they have always put family first which for me is what a marriage is about I don't think that a marriage is, a, is two spouses coming together every day every night for me when I got married to my husband is because the main reasons, because first of all, I loved him. I think he's a great, great, great man, and we share absolutely the same values, but also because I was looking to create a family with him, and he was already part of my family. That's why I married him, not to build a family with him, but because he already was. And uh, my marriage is uh, a very solid marriage, in my opinion. Obviously, it's not traditional, but uh, because... I am 42, we met when we were 19, and on December 10th, we celebrated 20 years of dating. Mm. So, not to get, not marriage, we're going to celebrate um, 14 years in January. But, this said, with the access that people have now, people our age has been married, you know, for as long as we have been married, I don't think it is even remotely rational to you know, commit to the idea of being committed. Yeah, I think monogamy, it, yeah. Spending you know, all I those think, years with just each other. I mean, it's a nice thought that I encourage with everybody, at least at the beginning, like do not, I don't, I'm not here not to say that, but I'm here to say that if you really believe that you are with someone for the right reason, so support uh, encouragement, mm, you know, the, the, right. the idea the, of being the, there for each other right. in the long run. Lovers come and go, but that doesn't change anything. In fact, I think that, and I've seen it, I've seen it with my family too, 
we are very, very, not my family, my personal family, my husband, my son and I. I've seen it with my family in Italy. Nothing, as when nothing breaks it, it's a good marriage, you know? Mm-hmm. Is when things get So when you do have an affair or when you, you know, sleep with other people and yet the marriage survives, then it gets stronger. I think Because you realize so. that you're there for the right reasons. I that don't think that It's any not like this delusion that we have to own each other. Own each other. No. Right. I mean, my point is, if another woman comes into my marriage and breaks my marriage, the marriage was not solid to begin with. Mm-hmm. If... You know, I mean, you cannot have steak every night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. After a while, it gets everything gets old. Everything gets difficult. The routine mm-hmm. is a killer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my husband and I are true to ourselves. But people change. We grow up. We become polluted. Mm-hmm. We're not wide-eyed mm-hmm. little kids that lived off love that mm-hmm. we were 20 years ago. It gets tough. And if at home, you don't have... And I'm not just talking about... Affairs. I am talking about everything. If you don't have tolerance, if you don't mm-hmm. have, you know, pick your battles, turn your head the other way a couple of times, you've got to do it. Or you are, at least also always speaking for myself, I could have not survived it. I would have been completely frustrated. You know, the paladin of an idea that me, myself, don't believe in. I would have been doing something for others rather than myself. And, and right, right. you know, and the thing is that as long as my husband is fine, I am fine. I made myself happy because I, I made my family solid. I made mm-hmm. it, uh, mm-hmm. you know, my family is okay. There isn't anything that can come between, like, that can break right. it. And that so took me a long, 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 long time and lots of tryouts and lots of, you know, trouble and, uh, of course, like, you know, heartbreaking and not heartbreaking and uh, plotting and, uh, you know, like a million different tricks. But now, the major- a lot of my friends, a lot of people my age divorce or go through a crisis or... For my husband and I, we're just starting. Like, we went through that all. And now we are at a point where with our sometimes questionable, you know, ways, we find each other in a very, very, very good place. Mm-hmm. And we again, mm-hmm. we are a family. We might not be a couple anymore, mm-hmm. but we are a family. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's the most important thing. So I don't know if this is liberation, but... I don't know the definition of liberation. Right now, these days, I feel that liberation has a lot of different uh, connotations. And uh, I don't... Uh, the liber- What means liberation for someone does not mean liberation to me. And uh, my life doesn't feel liberated. I mean, I wasn't really going for that particular word. I was just going for happiness and uh, structure and uh, the ability of, uh, you know, calling my marriage, my, my family, a home, like a solid Well, I home. feel from the outside that you are a liberated modern woman because you are able in a healthy, sane, um, non-psychotic way to find new pleasure, 
to have a lover, temporary lover, who, you know, you're not going to uh, get emotionally attached to, who is not going to be your main emotional source, but he's going to be, he can be, a, a source of sexual pleasure. And that's something that in the past only men got to do, or mostly men got to do, you know, like um, in the past. Husbands might have an affair. Not true. Women no? have done it. From, I think women have done it from the beginning of times. They just were smarter and never got caught. <laughs> That's why you only hear maybe. about men. I don't know. Maybe, Come maybe. On. Of course. There are little gossip stories in my family too, but oh, nothing proven. For the men, it's proven. For the women, it's not. Well, because men always need to have their ego glorified mm. so the more the women the more men they were women are just women they do it they shut up and then they get the other <laughs> I think <laughs> the problem with me is that I cannot lie I'm a terrible liar and there was no way that I was going through all that trouble of hiding something from my husband so it's like you know what let's do this and uh, it took a lot of tryouts but now we're good and you know I get emotionally attached to all my lovers because they fulfill a very specific right need yes, yes. in my life which is mm -hmm. the need of romanticism mm -hmm. which I Romance, think yeah. you know I think it fades in every couple inevitably mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wish it was not what I have saw what I've seen but in my personal experience I see romance fading. Then more beautiful things take their place. I'm not saying that it is a tragedy and, you know, a tunnel that... You know, but... So for me, my lovers are my romanticism. They're my hopeless love stories. They are my torment, my passion. They are, you know, like the... This swam in the ocean in the middle of the night. They are a joint uh, 4 a.m. in the morning in a dingy apartment. That's, you know, that's my lover. Well, that's what makes for better sex. You need the romance. So yeah, the stakes are high. Of yeah. Putridity. Yeah. We want to get dirty. But, but then you go, then I go home, for sure. But as long as they last, I really, they, they are my emotional. Your romantic source, right. Completely. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't have love, like, I don't have many, many lovers. And when I pick one, I like to keep it for a while. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I'm not promiscuous. I've never been. And it's very difficult for me to go out and go home with a man. It, happens, it happened only once in my life. And he stayed my lover for three years. So, you know... Also not very liberated because... Oh, no, I, I think it's very liberated within the context of American Puritanism. And I do believe that Americans are, you know, still Puritans compared to us Europeans in that way, that they're very inflexible and it's this way or, you know, nothing else. It, it can, they're very strict in their definitions of things, whether it's sexuality... For example, there is very little space for bisexual. Everybody has to choose and be like either straight or gay, and that's it. Um, and and then, too, though. And, and also too. about monogamy and this idea of like love and romance and, you know, marriage. They just have, you know, 
difficulty kind of leaving their Puritan past behind and finding flexibility and new, uh, you know, adaptability, um, stretching their definitions of, of things and making them more inclusive of all kinds of behavior. So how, and how do you feel about your husband's lovers? Um, I feel that uh, I'm okay, so sometimes I'm happier with them, sometimes I'm less happy because uh, the most important thing is that they care for him. That's my point, all right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want an asshole with my husband because I think my husband deserves someone who likes him for who he is. And um, so... You know, we talked about it. Uh, my husband is not stupid. He's a very, very, very sharp man. He is very aware of uh, start to finish everything that goes around him. In fact, he is a lot, lot less emotional than I am. But well, I am particularly emotional, all right? And I do it for the romance. My husband does it for the sex. So we come from the two complete opposite spectrum of what a lover is for, which makes the dynamic really interesting. And also, I am a girl, so obviously I'm more understanding and I am more empathic. And my husband is a real man, so he's a little less than... So he can't really see things the way I see things. So he's always like, you should go out, you should do this, you should get blah, 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 blah. But that's not what I need. That's what he needs. Mm -hmm. So for a while it was kind of crazy because... For this reason, it was like a revolving door, and uh, I don't think it was good for anybody. Not for him personally, but also not for me. And we are kind of like a package. I mean, sometimes we are less close than some other times. Right now we're particularly close because I live with him, because I'm redoing my apartment. <laughs> when we don't live together, things are a little better. But yet, I wish for him to... You know, I mean, it's it would be better if it wasn't that crazy. So right now it's not that crazy. Right now he found someone, he's happy. Yes, yes. they're and stable. He's much, much stable, and um, and he I know him very well, and uh, he is amazing. He I don't know if anybody heard that, but he the lover, <laughs> yeah, your but, husband's lover is yeah. he, yeah, but. Uh, which maybe makes it easier for our situation, but I don't think so, regardless. Anyway, um, I mean, for the spousing, jealousy kind of situation. All right, I think yeah, because you are the event. only woman, I guess. Well, I'm the only woman because I'm smart. <laughs> 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 because it's not that I found <laughs> out later, you know? Yeah. But so I know what I wanted, and I set myself up in a situation where I could get what I want. But even for women married mm. to straight men. Your husband, <laughs> this is like how I would have done it. And I did fall, fall in love with Fabian. Like, it's not that. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I know. So if it happened with a straight man, I would still try, really try my best to create exactly the same situation that I am creating now. It's so important. And so for the, for every, for the children, for the future, for you know, yeah, to give acceptance and compassion and space and for growth. I mean, you know, this is my point. 
do not look at what he does. Look at what you do. Don't, don't think that that's the only thing that can make you happy. Right. Right. Controlling your man. You know. <laughs> right. It's exactly. Not. It doesn't. It doesn't it make doesn't. you happy. It drives you insane. I mean, there's a. There's you hundreds can, of men out there. And you can never know what's in his head. It's just not possible. You can't control anybody. You know, just go out a little, have a drink, and right. relax. Yes, and I let agree. him do the same. Don't think that if he does it, then he is an asshole. Do the same, <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm. But, you know. I think that's beautiful, I mean, and I think it's evolved, and I think it is liberating, and I personally um you know celebrate it because it's not easy you know you are able to be conscious in your choices and make choices that are not like the blanket choice you know that we like see in the movies or whatever wherever we get that idea of um we have this idea of like the norm the majority but it's really there is a silent majority that no one talks about And then there's the one that we get, like, in the movies or, um, you know, whatever. But TV. also, it's very subject to criticism, my point of view. And I can see why. And is I, I mean, I like to do things my way. My life is my life. Mm-hmm. I like to live it. I'm open to criticism. I know that people might think that a very wide range of... Uh, things to say against the way I practice my marriage. But but the point is, don't be selfish. Take care of one another mm-hmm. and take care of yourself. Right. Happy husband, happy life. Not and, just and happy life. And try to be honest and try to be honest, to speak truth to I each mean, if other. I mean, if you're not honest in your home, where are you honest? Exactly. You know? Exactly. A roof needs to be a solid... Be strong, enough, be strong enough to speak your truth. I mean, there is... Where did the love go? That's my point. Exactly. I mean, if you love each other enough to get married, mm-hmm. you love each other enough to talk to one another... To adjust. To adjust. To, right, exactly. Because that's all about it, you know? I mean, we are just to ourselves, don't we? Yes. As time yes. goes by, we're full of adjustment. And then one day you run 20 miles and you feel great. The next day you have to run 19. That's an adjustment. And then you have to dye your hair and that's an adjustment. And then you have to change the size of your pants or, you know, a bigger or a smaller. And then that's an adjustment. You need, you're just with yourself. Adjust with your other self, mm-hmm. your husband. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about monogamy and not just about sex. I really feel that. Exactly. It's, 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 like, it's love. Yeah. It's love. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing. Love has many ways, though, you know? I agree. Um, and the other thing I wanted to touch on is how it feels um, to be somewhat outside um, the range of that feminist Me Too, you know, definition of the woman who, like, goes out there and works and, you know, competes with the men. And I, for one, believe that, you know, feminism should be all-inclusive. Um, so that's, I want you to speak to that, that it should celebrate every 
choice that the woman makes that makes her happy, no matter what that is, that there is no you know, better choice or stronger choice or that we're all in this together in the same way. So go ahead, please. I, I am with you in the idea of feminism as a lack of judgment to people's choices. In fact, that would be a great movement because there is a lot of judgment around and uh, and it should not be also for bad things like you know there should be more tolerance in my opinion about what people say how people think and there is always that very judgment of the very last action there is never why though you know like no big picture right no big picture there, are, there aren't any questions asked to the why of the action. There is always judgment to the action, which for me is really shallow, very narrow-minded, completely inaccurate, and uh, incorrect to the like with the capital I. But anyway, my the reason why I'm not a feminist is because I am feminine. And I think that this is very reducive, but it's just, you know, what just came to my mind right now when I heard you talk about how a woman goes out there and competes with a man. I don't think women should compete with men. I think women should exploit as much as they can the fact that they're women. They should not try to be men in any way so it is not a matter of a job and equal pay is a different thing so I think women and men should be paid equally should be but uh, I think feminism I mean equal rights uh, correct equal pay correct but right now which is what women used to argue, ask for right and they support that mm-hmm. because they do the same amount of work mm-hmm I mean, it doesn't mean that, you know, because they're women, then they're less capable or there are a job for men, there are a job for women. I would never do a series of jobs, but because I am, you know, I, I mean, if I can do flower garlands all day, I'll be happy, you know? I don't have any strive, so for me it's, a, you know, a little difficult to understand how women wish to go out there and work like and be the boss and the, because I've never had it in me. But uh, this fact that uh, women and men are the same, I really do not agree. And I think that feminism promotes that right now. And I don't like it. I don't like the women don't shave. I think it is absolutely horrifying. I don't like that women are not the warmth, the pink in the house, the the other side of the masculinity. I don't like the women are becoming so masculine. I think it is, first of all, I don't like the way they look, but that's just a personal opinion. But also, I think that they give out, they give up their very own power, which is being a woman, being the soft, right. being uh, smell like roses, you know, um, 
I don't know, like a like massage. Being, being like, the, what, what I call it the, the sex, exactly, the sexual like, gender, or you know, the maternal gender, all of the that. Com- comforting right. and, yes. you know, there has to be that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's being lost in girls, which it's a shame, in my opinion, for them, not for me. I'm all right. You know, you know me. But you know you, the way I look. I mean, and know. I also yes. Uh, but I, I mean, I feel first of all, I, I remember uh, this big thing that happened in Twitter a couple of years ago, uh, because Hillary Clinton on her Twitter handle had said "mother" first, so it said "mother," uh, senator, the state department, secretary of state, um, presidential candidate. So she said "mother," "wife," and then you know, senator presidential candidate. And she was interviewed by a writer whom I know who is a feminist. And that was the first question. Why would you not put senator first or secretary of state first? And, you know, then there was a big uproar that, you know, Twitter, uh, left Twitter, uh, feminist Twitter went into an uproar and she eventually apologized. And I feel as a feminist, I mean, politically, I've been a feminist since I came to America at 15 and realized what it meant because I felt so repressed at home. You know, I belonged to my dad. I had his name. Everything I did spoke about my dad. You know, I felt owned by him. But but the point is, even though for me, feminism was liberating when I first encountered it, I have you know, worked hard, I've taught the university, I wrote books, I, you know, worked for magazines, I've done a lot of, you know, nonstop work, travel, whatever. Being a mother was thousands of times harder work than anything I've done. All of the other work I did for money put together doesn't count for a tenth of the work, the devotion, the selflessness that being a mother demanded. So, of course, you put it first. And it is the most important, you know, achievement that a woman can do without uh, the race ends. You know, we, we don't socialize. We don't raise, uh, you know, beautiful souls. Absolutely. So to me, the fact that motherhood doesn't gets discounted and people say, hi, what do you do? And you're supposed to have something fancy to say as if the fact that you're raising a child or children is not enough or is not important enough, that to me is offensive. And it's anti-feminist. Because we we take away from us our main power and we try to turn us all, as you said, into fake men, you know, like fake males and speak as if we are men, kind of like hide this huge part of who we are, women, mothers, you know, homemakers, the fire things only women can be exactly why would you reject what you only you can do only you can be you give life you raise it let him go out and deal with people make him happy when he comes home i don't understand how that is humiliating for a woman i I really don't know i doesn't register in me how that diminishes the brain the smart the culture I don't, I swear to you, it's beyond me understanding how a woman does not feel like a woman doing that. It's beyond. Or putting together a beautiful dinner party, you know, which you can do. Or, you know, making a... a, It's not just that. A meal. But all of that is actually 
work and it takes uh, study. You can't just from zero get there. You have to learn how to do it. You have to learn how to present things, where to put them, where to find them, how to put them together. Look, I'm making an example. It's not just that, because I think that a very like a sophisticated woman lawyer can put together a dinner party easy. <laughs> but this is the point. So you both, uh, husband and wife, both the kick-ass job, CEO, super mega, turn, come home at night, both with your shit that you like have to share because uh, you worked hard all day. So the husband sits there while the woman empowers him, okay? Saying, I, today I did this and that, and blah, 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 and what did you do? I did this and this and this. Same level. How can the man be attracted to that? Maybe he's attracted to that, you know? Maybe he feels better about his manhood, like to be with a woman that overpowers him. Maybe it makes him feel like a real man. I'm not sure. But as a woman, if I had that job, if I came home to my super successful husband and told him that, baby, I did it today, I am more successful than you, and he high-five me and we kiss, I would lose, you know? It wouldn't turn me on that much. Like, I want a man, I'm submissive, I want a man who dominates me. I don't want a man that is my little... Mm -hmm. pet man mm -hmm. that's not who I am mm -hmm. so maybe it works yes. for them but it doesn't work for me and I think that's what the reason why I don't relate to feminism or the version of feminism that is happening these days precisely that Because should be feminist you should you can still count as a feminist like be this way but I you know I promise you again pay rights, sure, you know, but that I do not understand. I can't relate to that. I can't, I don't even like to be on top. <laughs> so now we talk about sex. It's true. Mm. It turns me off. Right. I don't like it. I don't like it. So starting from that, going back to the man that comes home, I don't want to go home to a man that, uh, my husband cooks. He is the man of the house. I don't want to go home and be the man of the house. I want to be the woman. I want to be, you know, put on a pedestal, mm -hmm. fed Treasured. and uh, brushed, and, uh, and I take care of them. Mm -hmm. And no one else can do it but me. That's right. All right? Mm -hmm. I don't want my man to do it. I want mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. That's my femininity. Mm -hmm. And no one is going to take it away from me. Yeah, you're the nurturer. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. A man can be nurturing too. And my husband is very nurturing. In fact, I think he's a better father. I mean, he's a better parent because we have a son. And uh, I feel that uh, he can relate to a boy. My son is very macho, like very boy. I was just going to ask you about that. So I'm glad yeah, that you... very. And uh, he it. has... Uh, very, um, he has a moment of tenderness with me that are a lot tender, but he kind of like, then he kicks me, you know, like he's in that stage. So I feel that with his dad, he likes, 
I mean, he stopped showering with me when he was really tiny. You know, he wants to shower with his dad. You know, he wants to, he gets dressed with his dad. He's like more and fabulous. Gender conscious. Fantastic with him. Fantastic. They are a pair. So he's his little man. He's his little man. Mm -hmm. But then they come home to me. Mm -hmm. You know, the two of them are the two of them. But uh, then they have me. I'm the safety net. I mm -hmm. am the home. Mm -hmm. I am the goddess. The goddess. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, I like that boy. Mm -hmm. So, do you think that um, there is a difference or a change in the way that uh, our children are raised right now? That's some, the other thing that I was going to ask you, based on your son, um, and and it's a question uh, on two different topics. One is their understanding of gender, because of course the way that society and school presents it has changed a lot. You know, there is like trans and all these other possibilities of gender. And then also the influence that, you know, the internet and that whole social media world, which we didn't have, um, has on them as they grow up. Because your son is how old now? Nine. Right. Uh, my son is obviously not on social media. And uh, the he watches it, <laughs> you know, he's very controlled on TV too, except for Fortnite. He watches the YouTube, uh, he watches uh, Fortnite uh, tutorials, mm. which is really what bothers me. But and uh, so I don't so think he's, that he, he's uh, not on his cell phone or the iPad. No, so absolutely, he's not. I mean, he has an Instagram page, but. We bought it for him. I mean, we signed it for Started. him. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't use it. He's not on Facebook. And he's off social media. He knows, of, again, he's aware of YouTube. He would like to be to make videos. He's interested in that. But it's more uh, a game for him than anything that springs from a different knowledge. And he's very and do nine. you guys, as his parents, plan to continue that until middle school? or? Well... I, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I don't want to set it in stone because uh, life is moving fast these days outside of our home and I don't want my son to be left behind. So obviously, if uh, there is something, I mean, I would like to mm -hmm. keep him as child as long as possible. And uh, so then how, I'm not sure. But, uh, again, if uh, obviously he's already more developed than when I was nine. So if I have to continue adjusting because life is adjusting around me, then fine. You know, I'll figure it out as I go, like every parent, I think. But uh, so boys I, and I girls. think that he's, a, yeah, I think that he's uh, gender awareness, like you called it, is purely personal. It's mm. him, mm. you know. He knows he's a boy mm -hmm. because he he saw me naked, he saw he naked, and you know, and he's not right now in school. They're like girls, ew. So <laughs> there isn't really. It's very traditional, you know, boy. He's a traditional boy, so very he doesn't. So if like traditional he, is the right word. Right. So does he know, use words like pretty and beautiful and you know. when he wants something, Good. you're so beautiful, mommy. Mm. He's really like that. Mm. Mm. No, he, he's a good boy. He's just a normal kid. I don't really 
is, I mean, for me, is the most amazing child. And I could <laughs> give you a hundred examples of his uh, fantastic brilliancy in every absolutely way. But he's just, you know, boxing, soccer, video games, dudes. That's Brando. So I never had to face any controversy or any, mm -hmm. you know, out of the box, out of the box right. issues Behavior. or anything right. like that as it goes now. And I think that is, in general, though, a difference between how children are raised now. But I'm not sure if it is a cultural difference because I was raised in Italy and I was in Italy until I was 19. So I'm not sure if it has always been like this in the States or not. But I feel that children are on a loose leash, you know. We were so, so strictly raised at dinner and oh, functions yes. Yes, and yes. behavior and sleep time, the whole thing. Like mm -hmm. it never happened that you could have a sandwich and, you know, in front mm -mm. of the TV. Mm -mm. So I'm not sure if uh, the fact that, that children can choose their sexuality right now, let's start from there, is uh, something that has always happened in the States or not. I have the feeling it didn't. I have the feeling that now we are on a thunderous slope when we're going down like an avalanche. I think that we are really kind of burning uh, the steps. Well, it's also yeah. a kind of a medical issue because, you know, the, the medical establishment has agreed to, you know, give hormones to really young children who present themselves or who speak in a certain yeah, way. Yeah, but I wonder, like, if it's like an epidemic. That right, it feels like... They are suddenly, they're suddenly very many. So what happened? Did they put something in the water? Or have they always been very many and we have never noticed? Or now they're kind of not encouraged, but... Well, they, they know, have been questioned. given the words. I mean, yeah. the word trans or the idea that you could be referred as they just didn't exist before. So when we make new words and we create new terminology, we give it to impressionable young minds who are looking for a way to define themselves and also to define their difference and they don't know how they're different because they're just becoming. We give them these words, they'll use them. I, I, I don't know. It's hard to know what things mean because they're just, you know, words. There's sounds and signs and can these kids use the right words for how they feel? I, I think it's impossible to be sure. Um, I'm, I'm, so I, I personally don't think that they should be uh, medicated at that young age, especially not in a way that cannot be reversed. I think they should not be medicated anyway, like Adderall, like okay. all that, without going into hormones. But because we are talking about hormones specifically, I also don't think that because it is a medication contingent to a sexuality, I don't think that anybody can really establish the sexuality until they're sexually active. Exactly, before they're sexual. All right. right. So and even so, it takes quite a while to, to be clear. Because we change, as we were saying in the beginning, we keep changing and evolving. We and keep changing and evolving. And, yeah. Look, you know, I don't know about you, 
I have always been clear in my sexuality. I've always known what I liked. Maybe these children don't. Maybe, you know, they they would like to try both, whatever. Mm -hmm. But not when they're nine. Mm -hmm. Not when they're six. Not because one day it's like, oh, that's a pretty eyeshadow. I want to try it. Hormones. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes, I, I, I think so. I mean, yeah. first they were tomboys. If every tomboy, if every girl tomboy was given hormones, they would have ruined them. Yeah. Well, it's this idea again, and I, I do think it's, it comes from a puritanism, this idea that everything has to be homogenized in a you know, predefined category, which is just not how human beings express themselves because we're in infinite variety. Um, so, and, and, and I feel that is true also about sexuality in the sense that um, I think that, well, in ancient Greece and Rome, you know, people didn't have to say, I am gay or I am straight. They could have sex with men, younger men, and have wives, have families. It, it wasn't kind of like a binary choice. And I think that especially since AIDS, because so many uh, you know, gay men died, uh, that was a time when America forced everyone to make a choice. You know, so if you sleep with the same gender, that's it. You cannot go back and forth. You have to pick a side. <laughs> um, and people, in a sense, were socially forced to make a choice that was not necessarily natural, but they felt that there was no space for them to be both, that they would lose their place in one of their communities if they would, you know, double in both. So, you know, bisexuality and just disappeared. When, and this is when they actually got to a point where they could choose, because for the longest time they could not choose, because they were stigmatized, like completely, you know, condemned by... It's true, they get, but not, again, not children. Yeah. I mean, these are they thing, that gender fluidity that goes on, that I don't know, like, I don't want to raise my kid as a boy or as a girl. I want him to choose kind of situation. I don't understand it. I mean, we are born. We are, we're born a certain way. So if it would be, I am a 20 years old man, lesbian. No, no, I am a 20, uh, 20 years old uh, lesbian born a man. So you're a man, you were born a man, you like women, but you feel like a woman, you did your uh, journey, and now you are what you are. Fine. But not that you start with it. Just give yourself some time. And I don't think that, I think the parents should lead the children by the hand. I feel that they try to do that. I only feel that probably they're doing it in a little bit of a very aggressive way. Like, yeah. very aggressive. Yeah. Well, also the prefrontal lobe doesn't fully develop until 25 or 26. The dick doesn't develop here. <laughs> I mean, so it doesn't. Not 20, it should be 26 when you're fully formed mentally, physically, in every way, you stop growing then you know? you're equipped to make that choice. You know? They have to allow them to kind of 
you know, find out who they are because it takes a long time. It takes us a long time, as we were saying originally, within the given options to find the one that makes sense for us the most. And it's always an approximation. Yeah. And in fact, you know what I just think after this conversation that was very enlightening, that they're all talking about letting the children choose, but in reality, the parents are choosing because they are putting them on hormones. So they are creating their sexuality, mm-hmm. not the child. Mm-hmm. The child might have some questions and the parents decide. That's right. This is right. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's the parents that saying that they, that they, uh, that mm-hmm. they are allowing the children to choose instead of the one choosing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because parents always use their children as extensions of themselves. You know, they use the children to That's very true. fulfill their own dreams. And That's very true. In fact, uh, I forced Brando to play piano forever. <laughs> I never did. It's like, like hormones, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm a terrible mother. <laughs> I did it too with my daughter. <laughs> so bad. I insisted on the ballet. Because <laughs> I gave it up when I went on point. She never even, she's so terrible at it. <laughs> they would go, you know, uh, on, on the theater because they performed at that big theater with emotion. So... They would all stand there, the little ones doing their ballet, and she would stop in front of the huge audience and stare at the other kids dancing. <laughs> it was so obvious she did not belong oh there. Oh my god! Still <laughs> funny. But again, it's all these little, you know, these like gender roles. Yeah. Yeah. Why can't she like troll like a ballerina <laughs> instead of like staring at everybody? <laughs> Why can't he play the piano? Like, no, I was like, you know, that, at least the piano is gender neutral. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, at least, uh, no, but I did it for me. In fact, it lasted like two years and it was like, I'm not sitting. Like, I just want to go kick a ball. <laughs> and then I tried to play ball with him and he's like, no, ma'am. so yeah no anyway feminism and me too can we talk about that because that's how we started right Mm -hmm. yeah we can conclude that okay we conclude with saying that because feminism is so much talking about women taking care of themselves then there is me too where people take care of each other and a woman cannot stand up for for herself Punch the man, don't sit on the couch, keep your legs closed, because it's not always the man. I feel that, first of all, I feel the Me Too is a very, like, disrespectful against the real victims of rape. Mm. All right? So... Women that arrive to the hospital with, like, broken bottles between their legs, with, uh, you know, their wrists full of blood. Girls, little girls raped, little boys raped with their butt that need stitches, that will never, six years old boys, that will never recover. Those are victims of violence. Not someone who took an interview in a hotel room. You are an idiot. For going, for not for knowing going. that it's a setup. I mean, or for pretending to yourself in retrospect that a part of you wasn't aware 
that the possibility was there. Because, you know, in retrospect, of course, everybody has 2020. That's the cliche. So you can go back and reevaluate your choice. But at the moment, you were aware that there was a danger and you made a choice to take the chance to, you know, a calculated risk to go because it looked like the rewards were greater than the risks. That's how you ended up in that hotel room. And then if you didn't leave when you saw something unexpected happen, but you stayed, there was another choice. And you made that choice because, again, you thought that the eventual rewards would be greater than the hurt of the moment. So then what happens is that a year later or three years later, you reconsider that choice and you change your mind. And that's legitimate. I mean, we get to regret. We get to change our, you know, evaluation of our choices. But that doesn't mean that we get to go out there and punish or, or demand um, some sort of retribution, retribution from a guy three years later or 30 years later or 20 years later when none of the conditions are the same. That's exactly my point. You're responsible for your own choices. These women make other people responsible for what happened to them. So if I get smacked against the wall in a freaking alley and raped because it's at 3 a.m. and I walk home alone, I am an idiot, you know? If you go to your room, to the room of some guy, because of the, the big movie producer, to take a meeting at 2 a.m. in his bedroom, you are an idiot. But not him. I mean, he is a, you know, well, he he's a, a lot pig. of things. I mean, he shouldn't take advantage of that. But if you let him take advantage of that, why not? Right? If you don't go to the room, nothing happens to you. Well, that's the classic narcissistic you know, personality disorder thing that the narcissist, which most of these guys in power have at least narcissistic traits or they're complete narcissists, their high is not so much the sex with you, it's actually overcoming your resistance. It's feeling that they are so charismatic or socially powerful that they can turn your potential no into a yes. So they will take advantage of it because it turns them on to see you kind of go with it because they're so either charming or powerful. That's what turns them on. It's not even like who you are and having sex with you. Exactly. It's the conquest. Exactly. So you are, fa you are a faceless girl. Mm -hmm. You're a number. Like a you could be anybody. If it's not you, it's someone else. Okay? It's mm -hmm. not his fault. It's your fault. I think, I'm sorry, if I fall asleep at a party full of dudes and I wake up and there is anyone there, I'm pray. Because it happens, I read it somewhere that, oh, I just I, I was drunk and I fell asleep and then I was uh, there and this guy tried to kiss me. You're pray. Hold yourself better. You know, behave better. Don't put yourself in those situations. Yeah, we must Men, always be conscious. That's it. But if I had a daughter, I'll teach her that. I won't teach her, hey, go to 2 a.m. If he asks you up at 2 a.m., go. Because if he put hands on you, then you can sue him. No. We tell her, if you go, go. Go ahead, see what happens, see it on your own, and you're an idiot because it's going to put a hand between your legs. Mm -hmm. You get drunk, get drunk. Good luck. 
because if you pass out, you're going to find a guy straddling. They're dudes. That's what dudes do. They have been doing it since the beginning of time. This is just what they do. They want to get laid. That's it. Can't well, blame them. I mean, I, 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 do, I do blame them in the sense of I would like to, this is part of what I'm doing here, is I would like to educate both men and women. I do think that men can only gain, like have better sex, have better relationships, have better experiences if they don't feel that they have to like take advantage of any situation, if they feel that they can have healthier sexual experiences. So I do think that the men, like your son, should also be taught that this is not like a, you know, a grab, grab what you can world. So it's good to have consequence, but not consequence like five years later. You know, if, if you grab a girl and she's unconscious and she wakes up and she says, oh my God, this guy, she has a right to speak up and say, because she did not give consent. She should be, the guy has to wait for her to be alert enough to give a yes or a no. He has, the, the boys have to learn to control that kind of like, uh, you know, animal urge. But at the same time, the girls should not put themselves in a place where they're no longer conscious and no longer can give conscious consent. So um, I feel that both genders have to be re-educated so they don't find themselves in these horrible situations that are so easily avoided. But you think men don't know? I mean, I don't even think, if I was a guy, it wouldn't be attractive to me to be humping an unconscious person, no matter what they look like. But they're, they're a little animalish, you know? Like a 19-year-old boy does not think with his head. Okay, a 40-year-old man, 50, however, doesn't ask a girl, come to my room. He asks 10. 20, 50, 100. If one says yes, oh, I'm going to try. Of course. You know, is the one that says yes. Right. That's, you know, mm -hmm. why did you say yes, genius? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not her. He wasn't trying to seduce her. He was trying to get laid somehow, however he could, because that's all they want to do. So they know that sex is better when there is a connection. They know that sex is better however they like it. They know sex is better when you're wanted, just... when you're desired, when oh, whoever you're with wants you. No, I think that for men too, the sex is much better if they feel that they themselves are desired. N not that, you know, there is like a, an, a female body whose spirit is no longer present. That, that's not so arousing. It can't be. I mean, this is not like a game of numbers. I understand how when you're 19, you don't have an, a clear uh, sense of consequence. So maybe, you know, you feel overtaken by the moment and you don't understand that you'll have to pay for it the day after because you're 19. You don't understand that things have consequences. I can see that. But I feel that in general for both men and women, sex is immeasurably better if you feel wanted for you definitely but if you don't have that you still want to have sex every night if you're a guy multiple times a day even if you're a man i really believe that i really believe that they have a sexual energy that's different than the sexual energy of a woman well you mean that testosterone yeah. yeah so however they can 
you know, if they don't have a woman at the moment, they're going to try to get one for the night. That's my opinion. If you're there to pick up their call, it's your fault. Because if it's not you, it's someone else. Like, they will continue try. You give in to that try that they put on you, it's their fault. Ignore them. Send them away. Punch them. They talk to you funny, you know? Well, my hope is that both can be retrained to actually be more conscious in their sexual moves and the sexual initiatives and not just go about it, you know, blindly and haphazardly and see what they can catch, which is just sad. I know. I mean, I'm also for a quality over quantity, <laughs> but, you know, it's not always the case. It's not always the case, especially for, I mean, you and I, we're 40. We've seen it. We've gone out. I mean, guys are all the same. They want to get laid. They want to get laid. I mean, it's easy. Like, it's not, it's not so difficult. They go through the dinner because they want to get laid. They take you to the movies because they want to get laid. They marry you because they want to get laid every night. It's not. Like, that's it. They make money because they want to get laid. I, I know. They get I a know. car because they want to get laid. They get a pair of sneakers because they want to get laid. So if he calls you in his room at 2 a.m. because they want to get laid. Well, we have to explain to them, teach them if they haven't figured it out, the difference between Sorry, quality there is a dude. over a dude quantity. <laughs> you know, quality over quantity. It's so important. They won't, they won't do it. They haven't done it since the beginning of, the, of life, so they won't start. I think I don't they can do it. I'm very I think they can do it. I mean, like I was at Soho Saturday, and I ran into this guy. You know, he's at least 60. He's an extremely successful CEO of a huge uh, entertainment conglomerate. His daughter went to an Ivy League school, super smart. Um, she's like 30-something. He was there with a girl who was n maybe 20 uh. um, of another race. They never made eye contact. She never looked out away from her phone. There was zero, below zero chemistry between the two. They had just met. He brought her to the event. You know, it was that quest lab thing. And um, I just, I am flabbergasted by the fact that of all the women that he could ask out, and there would be a lot of women who would answer his call because he's, you know, an important, successful man. Um, and not, not you know, terrible looking. He chooses the one who cannot appreciate him. She cannot even understand his intelligence, his experience, his conversation. There is nothing that they have in common. He, he thinks perhaps that she's like a trophy, but she's not. She wasn't even that, uh, you know, physically attractive. She had really only that the youth. But there was no connection at all. So to me, you know, I'm just staring, gazing at it, trying to empathize with either side. I understand her a little bit more than I understand him. I don't understand him at all. I don't understand why he's not with a hot, divorced, slightly older woman who would be like mesmerized and he would be looking like, you know, he's overtaken by desire instead of this completely transactional, cold, um, 
you know, semi-sexual, I guess it was going to end in sex, of course, you know, foreplay, whatever experience that I was witnessing. Maybe she was a hooker. Yeah, could be. You know? Could be. And also, when you get to that point, first of all, you don't want, like, someone You don't want the talk. complication. You don't want the complication. Yeah, I know. You don't want demands. The whole thing we were saying you know? about um, the ro- romance. You don't why want... Why would you go that? The guilt and the possessiveness and why did you look that way and... All of that, yeah. So, you know, you know, if we also, if we women could separate the sexual experience from that other whole, you know, system of like monogamy and everlasting faith, we might have better sex and, you know, this thing of like monetizing sex would be less, um, less common. That would be nice. <laughs> anyway, thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. It was so it much was fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> Yeah, come back. I will. Okay. I love you. We love you too. Mwah. Speak sex. <laughs> okay. <laughs>